Welcome to the KFA Podcast, where our mission is to keep faith alive by kicking ass. All right, today we've got on uh, a good friend of mine, Isaac Kiefer, owner of Kiefer Projects. And if you don't mind just taking a second to kind of give us your backstory, who you are, what the heck you're up to. Yeah, I mean, so as you guys know, I'm obviously I started in real estate as a broker um, around the same time you did Dayton. We were both 18 years old. Um, so through kind of my real estate career, I was able to learn a lot about the industry, you know, what's needed, what people want, kind of what that looks like, which long story short, developed into us starting Kiefer Projects, which is our general construction company. Um, what we've kind of specialized in is helping people in the industry, real estate specific, um, kind of cater to that, um, their clientele and the things that they need. So, you know, we help a lot of realtors on 35R items. We help a lot of investors on remodels. We help a lot of brokers who invest in their own rental properties do their remodels and that's kind of led into us developing this program that is custom ADUs. So now one of our largest focuses is building guest house to kind of help people with one, affordable housing, as we all know, we have an issue here in Clark County, and then two, just um, catering to people's specific needs and why they may need an ADU or uh, what that looks like. So we help on that side. Yeah, for sure. And how would you say like your background in real estate being a real estate agent, knowing what those clients look for, how, how would you say that's kind of affected your, your business model and oh man, I mean, the customers? It's, I think it set us aside a lot, you know, because we'll get a, a very su successful realtors will call us up and they'll say, hey, you know, I need a roof put on this house prior to closing, but my client's got no money. And me as right. a realtor who's been in that position, I can relate to that. And so we'll do, you know, we'll put a roof on a house, we'll get paid at closing. We'll do things along these lines that all the other con contractors out there don't really understand what that looks like. Like, to be honest, in the contracting world, a lot of people go, realtors, mortgage officers, screw that. Like, you know, they're just gonna waste my time. And so we cater to the ones that we know realtors do close business and they are out there high performers. And so we want to take the knowledge we have in real estate, apply that on the construction space, and then just provide a high level of customer service. So when people call us, they know like, hey, Isaac and his team's gonna come through. Yeah, for sure. No, that makes sense. Um, so as far as the ADU transition goes, what is uh, what is driving that for you guys? Why are you guys making that transition? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it kind of happened naturally where we were just like, okay, let's do roofs. And then now we're doing backyards. And then we're, you know, as you know, Dayton, I flip houses as well. So let's do remodels. And then we had some clients reach out and like the very first ADU we ever did was um, a gal by, um, I won't give you any names, but she had a son who had some, some challenges with controlling his emotions. And so she, he had to be taken care of with her full time. But what that led to was some violent outbreaks. So she was in a position where I can't afford, especially now with interest rates, as you guys well know, I can't afford to sell my house and buy one that is more fitting for us, but I can't have my son breaking out violently in this house. I mean, we're talking holes in sheetrock, broken windows, like he would have these outbursts. So she had no other option financially, but to find another space for him, which was either you gotta go live somewhere else, which this is her son who she loves very much, or 
I'm gonna build you a house outside so you can have your own space. And we actually designed that entire ADU around the fact that he has these outbreaks and that he has, like, he liked to smoke, right? So we had extra ventilation systems set up. All the windows to provide some lighting were higher up, so he wasn't able to smash into windows mm -hmm. at an eye level. Things along those wow. lines, reinforced front door, you know? So we kind of like took that client and realized that you do have companies out there that will build you spec ADUs and, and you know, modular housing. Like, obviously, that's a thing, right? Um, we're not the only ones building ADUs. Use. But we took that specific clientele and said, who's doing a high level custom ADU where we can literally cater anything? And we didn't find anyone that we felt we trusted, so we decided to take the space. Wow. Awesome. Oh, that's really awesome. Well, and it fits right into, uh, and I'll let you speak on it, the, the program that we have going at Cardinal Financial, the Choice Renovation Program. Um, I think what we're seeing is that, like you like you said, in, in our area specifically, there's uh, a massive demand for affordable housing. And, and so we've seen this program come out, and at least for our area, we're pretty excited about it because I, you know, we see an opportunity here where it's gonna lend for more people to be able to have a place for their, their mother-in-law to stay versus, I mean, yeah. the retirement homes are so expensive around here, or just a place, you know, maybe they rent out the ADU in their backyard and, and then they can offset some of their payment because interest rates are, what are they at, seven and a half, eight percent right now? Still single digits. Yeah. Still single digits. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if you want to touch on that program. But Yeah, I mean, so Dayton and I have been looking at, you know, the ADU space for a while. In fact, we started really digging into, you know, some of the different uh, rules and regulations in different counties and municipalities. And we'll talk about this more later. But we started looking at this, geez, probably two and a half, three years ago. Uh, and we were kind of watching how Multnomah County was changing their rules. And then Clark County was starting to kind of follow. And, and now we're seeing it move up the I-5 corridor and now it's becoming, you know, sort of a state issue. And so it's definitely taking uh, hold and building momentum. And, and now we're finally starting to see some of the loan programs catch up and give some options for us to be able to offer some financing. Because the biggest challenge so far has been, as I'm sure you've seen, uh, you know, trying to find financing for the ADU portion. Mm -hmm. Most people either have to pay cash or, you know, tap their home equity to try to, uh, to make it work. And so this choice rental program that we have now, uh, does a lot of things, uh, one of which is allows us to finance an ADU. Uh, you can also use it to remodel the home. So if we're, if we're buying a house uh, that needs a facelift, we can do a facelift and build an ADU as all part of the same package. Uh, and that program is available for uh, owner occupants, like the client you just mentioned. Uh, it's also available for investors. Uh, we've looked at a couple projects already and, you know, it's still a new program, but we're definitely getting a good feel for it. And now, that we have some financing options, you know, we're hoping that uh, the rest of the community, specifically appraisers, uh, starts to uh, uh, catch up and give some value to the ADUs because the LTV is going to be uh, the next hurdle we have to cross. But definitely excited to see the momentum because it's going to provide some opportunities. I think uh, and you guys are both agents, so you can attest more. But I think it's going to provide some opportunities for us to uh, create more density and give more opportunities for people who, unfortunately, have been priced out. Yeah. Um, as of late, so. Yeah, when you guys first brought up that program, um, the first thing that came to mind was the, you know, when we have clients that come to us for an ADU, we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? We're not right. talking a $10,000, you know, flooring job or whatever. So um, finding that funds has deterred a lot of our clients from being able to do this. So we have clients that go, how am I gonna find this money? And that naturally the home equity line of credit kind of becomes that like 
that seems to be your first option. But with rates adjusting, a lot of clients are just like, I'm not comfortable with this because that payment can move and everyone's so scared of that, understandably. So what I liked about the program was they were able to lock in the rate, have everything dialed in up front, and then we can start to get the property to where it's going. And they're not gonna have any unexpected, like massive changes on the financial side, which was good. Yeah, it gives them the ability to lock in the rate. It's kind of a hybrid between like a 203K rehab loan and a construction loan. So it has some of the elements of the, re- the rehab portion, but it also has the ability to, you know, go down and get a permit and erect a new structure. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, it's the first program that we've seen that gives us both, you know, sort of um, options in the same program. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're, we're excited about that. Obviously, the upside is that the, the rates can be fixed. We don't have to worry about the HELOC. The downside is for a lot of folks, if they're trying to refinance into this program, they're, they're still looking at going from, you know, maybe a three and a half percent rate up to seven, you know, seven and a half. But the nice thing about that, if they do make that leap on a refinance, is that if we do see rates uh, uh, come down in the future, it would just be a normal refinance uh, to drop the rates. But I think we're going to see more and more of this on the purchase side, especially as we see, you know, more people wanting to either have income to offset the mortgage payment mm-hmm. where they rent out the ADU. Uh, or we see folks that have, you know, adult, you know, uh, parents that need to be cared for, or kids that need to be cared for, or whatever. Um, and we haven't even talked about how, you know, how tough it is for 18, 19, 20 year olds right now. Right. Like, what are they supposed to do? Mm-hmm. And so I think we're going to see more and more homes built with ADUs for the purposes of caring for elderly, for the purposes of, you know, you're 20, you can't live here, but you can go live in the backyard kind yeah. of thing. Um, so yeah. it'll be interesting to see how that develops over time, but. It's nice to see the pieces being put in place. Now, one creative option that I've kind of thought about is, you know, for somebody who can only afford sixteen, seventeen, hundred bucks a month, used to be potentially possible at the very, you know, very lowest entry level properties. Now it's completely not possible. Yeah. Could they use this program to purchase a home, build an ADU, and live in the ADU and rent the main home out to? get their pay, you know, payment as low as possible? That's a great question. So there's a two-part answer to that. So the first is, at present, there are no um, requirements that the owner-occupant live in the larger of the two spaces. Uh, that's something that could change. This is a new product, and so you know, guidelines evolve over time. Uh, if Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, uh, in this case Freddie Mac, decide they don't uh, want that scenario, they might put guidelines in. But at the moment, that's not the case. Uh, however, for qualifying for the mortgage, we're not yet at a place with all of the programs where we can use rents from the ADU. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the next step on the lending side that we see changing. Uh, for example, Fannie Mae allows it right now, but Freddie Mac doesn't. So we've got this great program with Freddie Mac, but we today uh, aren't able to use the projected rents from that ADU to help offset. Mm-hmm. However, that's something that we think may change very soon. So that's something to keep an eye on. and. And certainly we'll update everybody if we uh, get the word that that's the case. Those are the kind of guidelines that we're seeing changing right now mm-hmm. on a pretty uh, regular basis. So, yeah. So Isaac, do you see more people building for personal reasons or um, for the idea of like being an investor or having their first rental property in their backyard? Uh, I mean, it's a great question. Um, I think most people who are um, looking to invest in this market are well aware of the tightening that is happening on the financial side that's making it challenging to cash flow on any properties, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So when you really 
were to look at it, I would say it comes down to, you know, calling Chad, calling us, figuring out what those numbers look like for a specific property, and then, you know, dialing all in and finding out whether or not the property cash flows. Mm -hmm. For our clientele specifically, um, it's more catered to personalized needs. Yeah. So, you know, um, elderly parents, you know, kids that need some help. Um, we have uh, one now that's actually gonna be our new model home that's we built to the nines is gonna be um, for a, a home business. So, okay. um, you know, it's a lot more catered to what people need. And when you think about it, you know, if you go out and you, you do a nice ADU and let's say you spend $250,000, you do a really, really nice ADU like the model that we're explaining, um, you can't buy a house for $250,000, right? Mm -hmm. Not even an 800 square foot house in right. Rose Village. So we're able to build something that is not achievable on the open market. So I think that definitely has some investment um, strategy. And then also, you know, not an accountant, but it has some tax advantages as well that can help make that investment make a little bit more sense. Well, yeah, and, and you know, we're, we're entering into a point in time too where a lot of people are retiring and yeah. need places to put their parents. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I won't name names, but there's a couple of retirement homes. I know there are rates around here. It's yeah. you know, eight, nine, ten thousand dollars a month. Yep. So when you really take that into consideration, man, a two hundred fifty thousand dollar ADU, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, on a it's on like a, two years of expenses on a mortgage. Yeah, exactly. The it's one, a, the one thing I cheaper. will say is like there's the nurse caretaking aspect that kind of plays a factor too. Like we get sure. this a lot when we go in these meetings where it's like. Financially speaking, for the real estate, they need to use a way cheaper route, but then there's like the caretaking that has to take place usually, depending on how far along somebody is. But like, sure. you know, I think about like my grandparents as an example, if I needed to move them in on property, they just need a cheap place to stay, you know? And like, yeah. um, they don't need, you know, they're not going through dementia symptoms and having a high level of care sure. that's needed. So I think those homes have a certain place for a certain person, but a lot of people don't need it. And a lot of people want the simplicity of a small house. It's not a large maintenance and yeah. it takes away a lot of the yard as well, which is less maintenance. So, it's, you know, there's different aspects. I think it depends on the person specifically. And so one question, are you aware of like the, the new rules and changes that are coming to Washington State? Yeah, 2025, as... January 1st. Okay, yep. so what is that? I've read some of the guidelines. They confuse me a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are you hearing? I'll give you the gist. So basically, um, this Washington State put out these guidelines saying that we want cities and counties throughout Washington, depending on your population and size, to fit certain affordable housing guidelines. So. Um, don't quote me on any of these because they're going to be changing, but effectively right. anything over, uh, I think it's between 25 and 75,000 um, population of a city, so Vancouver would qualify for this, mm -hmm. um, is going to have um, all single family lots are going to be allowed to be zoned for multifamily. So any single family lot across all of Vancouver, you can now put a duplex up to a fourplex meeting certain guidelines. The challenge with quoting anything specifically right now is this deadline is January 1st, 2025. And this is the state that came out and said, hey, we right. want you guys to meet these guidelines. Now, how the county and the city are gonna take those into effect and what changes and adjustments they may make to that code is still undetermined. Clark yeah. County, Vancouver has not come out saying, we're 100% gonna have you know every lot up to four plexes, right? right. Um, but the state is putting a lot of pressure on them and it's mostly for affordable housing. Yeah. Um, the coolest one for us specifically is they're gonna allow for 280 use per lot. 
So um, the, the state's basically come out and said, hey, we want 280 use per and lot. up to 1,000 square feet now? Up to 1,000 square feet now, where right now the maximum is 800. Right. Well, and there's also some talk about, and this, again, something that can change, but they're also talking about potentially, eventually, creating a scenario where you can drop those 280 ADUs on the lot and then we can condominiumize them. Yep. And so now you create a situation where you take a, a single family, maybe come in and remodel it, drop 280 ADUs on it, uh, and then eventually you can chop those up and sell them as each. Mm. I mean, that's a huge investment opportunity if that huge. pans out. Huge. You know, and here's the thing, right? It's like most entrepreneurs, people in business, they say follow the money. So if you right. go right now, real, any realtors, mortgage guys, you guys know how to access this if you're listening to the podcast. Um, you can find out who's buying properties in Clark County, and you're going to see a lot of these big name developers are starting to pick this stuff up, right? Yeah. They're buying now because when they see a, a quarter acre lot or a third acre lot, they're seeing that as three, four units in the future. They're not seeing it as the single family house that's on there now. Right. So follow the money. If you're looking to invest, I mean, that's probably the strategy I would go right now is you find a nice single family potential to use an ADU, you use the new program. I'm a big cash flow guy. Maybe the cash flow is not where you want it because of rates, but that's going to change. As the zoning comes around, not only is it going to increase values on, on the property specifically, but it might right. allow for additional cash flow as well. So it's one of those things that it's a risk because if you take that decision now and you move forward, you it could have huge returns mm -hmm. or things don't work out exactly how you want. So you just kind of want to find out where your risk level is and make the decision from there. Well, I think it's important for us to note that we're not saying that any of this is going to work out the way it currently is slated. So right. do, your due, do your due diligence and, and be aware of what you're doing. But I think it's time for uh, for us all to be paying attention to this stuff. Absolutely. At the very least. Absolutely. What do they say? Like the opportunity of, life, of a lifetime passes everybody every single day. You just, most people don't have the eyes to see it. Yep. So I think with this, like for us, we just want to be knowledgeable and ahead of it. Because you know we see properties off market all the time, and maybe there's a property too, and maybe you're a real real estate agent watching this, and and you have an opportunity to pick up a potential rental, yeah, um, for below market value, and this could be an opportunity where maybe because you're getting it at a little discount, you can now afford to put that ADU on. You don't have to pay that difference between the lower appraisal potentially, not getting dollar for dollar back on the ADU. Yep, you might be able to get yourself a duplex with the potential of turning it into a threeplex in the future. If I can expand on that a little bit. So one of the challenges we've had with the ADU uh, market has been the fact that until it becomes more prominent, appraisers aren't giving us enough value mm. for that structure I because agree. it's kind of considered to be, you know, a, an ancillary structure. And so over time, we expect that to change. But I think what Dayton's alluding to is if now that we have a program that allows us to do a remodel and build an ADU, we can almost borrow some of the equity gain from the remodel to help right. offset the equity loss on the exactly. ADU. So it makes the gap uh, or the delta much more palatable in some cases. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think you have a, uh, a flip that you're going to be working on here shortly where, you know, we kind of ran some scenarios on that saying, you know, based on the equity gain on this, would it make sense to go ahead and, and build an ADU? And, the, yep. uh, and so, I, yeah. And so, yeah, you know, and to go into kind of our business model just a little bit, um, that's part of the reason that we wanted to be custom because like that property specifically that you're referencing, um, problem number one, it's on a septic system, right? Mm -hmm. So certain properties, and this is something that we'll do on each property and each client will cater it to what that specific property needs. Um, with the septic tank, you have a potential twenty-five dollars to $30,000 of additional fees and labor and, and expenses because of that situation that may also offset the financeability of right. making that work. So you have to hook up to sewer. You got to hook up and then the, the 
impact fees on those are ridiculous nowadays. So, you know, those costs kind of can affect that. But I wonder if, because in Oregon, they were really, one of their main initiatives in Multnomah County was they were driving down the impact fees to help kind of push this. I wonder if, if we're going to see more municipalities embrace that. Especially. Clark County, please. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking to you right now. Uh, specifically when it comes to things like, you know, hooking up to the sewer, um, if, it, you know, if we're going to add some additional housing, and maybe this is something we have to start, you know, sort of advocating for and trying yeah. to push for as a group, and maybe this is something where we can reach out to everybody we know in this, uh, you know, in the real estate world and say, let's go lobby this. Because if we're going to put the money up to build additional housing, then maybe they can cut a break on some of that stuff and make it. Well, I, I won't get into this too much because it gets a little political, but um, it's the number one reason that in some ways I'll defend a lot of our builders is because everyone yeah. complains like, oh my gosh, new construction are so expensive. Well, if you go, if anyone goes and looks at the impact fees for new construction, I mean, we're talking forty, fifty thousand $50,000 in just like permitting fees yep. and inspections just to build a house. And then we have all the stuff on the development side too. It's like, I mean, if, if we were able to get those fees down, our costs of housing would drop significantly. And there's reasons those fees are in place. So like I said, I won't get into it, but you know, it's a big factor and people overlook it often. Sure. Well, and it's probably the reason why there's no smaller homes being built. It is. Right? And it's part of also why ADUs can be a little bit expensive as well, because, yeah. you know, you're, you are building a full house. You know, it might be a small house, but you're doing your foundation, utility, you're doing everything that a normal house would need. Um, but when you're going into having that development cost as well, which you don't need for ADUs, then it even makes it more expensive, which is part of that reason. Just one question back to the, the septic point that you brought up. Are you able to skirt that rule by not having bedrooms, technical bedrooms? I have to consult with my attorney on this one. Okay. <laughs> Just curious. Uh, no, you're not. So um, if you're gonna put an ADU on your property, you gotta go through the proper channels. Um, that any additional um, living quarters that you're gonna add, the city is gonna likely make you connect to the main sewer line at that point. I mean, just because sewers at the property line, effectively because sewers on the property line with that specific property. And I've had a few others like this recently too. Um, the city wants to do anything they can to get you on the main sewer. They don't want people in city of Vancouver on septic systems. They stubbed out on your property for a reason. They want you to pay the $25,000 permit fee. That's what it was um, to attach. And then you have to go do the work to attach. And then you have to decommission the septic tank um, for any additional living quarters or if your septic system fails. So like as an example, um, with you know the specific property we're talking about, we did have some septic issues, but since it wasn't drain field related, which is the number one problem, um, if it is a drain field related problem, they will not give you a permit to fix it. You have to connect to main sewer. So not necessarily an ADU thing, but something to think about if you're ever buying a house that has a septic system in the city. But it's something that too, you know, they're gonna have to do eventually, right? Absolutely. So if you're in a position where you maybe own a home and, and you go through the, the process of figuring out if an ADU makes sense and you decide that it does, now at least you have the opportunity to maybe finance that instead of pulling it That's out of pocket. Point. So it's a great point. It, it, otherwise, you're just sitting around waiting until it fails and then you got to write a check. It's a great point. So because all septic systems fail eventually. Yeah. And it doesn't even take, uh, you, you, you tell me, but it doesn't take a major failure for it to require 
them to, I mean, they're, they're looking for a reason, right? To make you it's o- the only one that they're allowed to by law is the drain field. So, like, if you have any issues with septic, even the tank itself, if they have to tear the tank out of the ground and put a new tank in, you're good to go. They, will, they won't make you connect the sewer. They'll mm-hmm. even give you a permit for it. But if the drain field specifically, what distributes with the waste, if that fails because it's – I mean, I don't even really know all the intricacies of that specific system. Um, but if that fails, then they're going to require you to connect the sewer. The one wall, the fourplex concept, I think that a lot of that is, um, is going to be dependent upon where those codes come back at, you know, like what kind of criteria that they require. Um, the biggest thing that I didn't touch on was like the caveats that they have posted with the state now. So like in Vancouver, we know this is a state requirement that if it's any single family will go dupl- or duplex, but if you want to go to a fourplex, you have to be within a mile walking distance to a major transit line okay so like you're not going to be able to build a fourplex in ridgefield if you're you know out in a rural spot right that's a state requirement that's a state requirement yeah so that's something that the counties and the cities will have to abide by is that it's a duplex it's a duplex if you're oh okay hold on remember now in camas it's a duplex if you're a mile within the transit line it's a fourplex in vancouver it's a fourplex, a mile into transit lines, you're a sixplex. Oh, wow. And I think we've all seen that printout. It's on there as well. Yeah. So um, it's going to have some possibilities to really, you know, capitalize. And then uh, all of city of Vancouver has a 35-foot height restriction, unless you have an overlay. So like anything in Vancouver, you can go 35 feet, which if you do a pretty low, dense roof, that's a three-story building, you know. Wow. So there's some definitely some options there. Yeah, that's gonna be weird. Yeah. So you, so, could, you could build on the old home foundation, but go three stories, and have three units. Well, but there's also differences, right, there's between things. between attached and detached. Like when we looked at this before, if it's an, on acreage, it was not allowed to be detached. Is that correct? Yeah, for a while, you, and people were using breezeways yeah. to like get past. Yeah, that they still do those. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so like Clark County, you have to be attached. If it's an ADU, if but it's a rural, if it's over right. an acre, I think. Over yeah, an acre. sorry. If you, yeah. if it's in Clark County jurisdiction, not urban holding or not a yeah. city or things along those lines, yeah. And if you're in a city limit or urban holding, you can do detached. But then there's like some there's extra loopholes too, where like in rural properties, if you're doing an ADU, you can do it as a uh, it has to be attached, but you can do a guest house that's detached. And like so, like what we would do is we would build a guest house that doesn't have a stove, but it literally has, you know, a kitchen, mm. no stove, and then get the permit, throw a stove in, and you're set, you know. But yeah. technically, it can't be a living quarters full time, so you're not supposed to have a stove in there, <laughs> right? So. Well, it's the same issues we, we've had for years with manufactured homes. People would get a hardship, drop a manufactured home on, um, and then when we'd come along with the next buyer, We'd say you can't do that. Yeah. So tear out the kitchen and make it a storage unit. But now with this program, it actually allows uh, for the ADU to be a manufactured home. Oh, cool. Yeah. Any last thoughts that you guys want to leave people with? Let's talk about the process. So if somebody's got yeah. a, a property and maybe they want to try to find out, what do I do with this? Like, what, what's the process uh, for them to figure out what what they can actually build on the property? I mean, we can talk or about if the financing. you're a real estate but, agent, you have a client. Yeah. So yeah. what's the best way for them to see, you know, maybe they've got a property that's, that's a fixer, a realtor has a property that's a fixer, but it also has a big yard. Maybe we can put, what, what should they do uh, to start the process? 
I mean, the easiest thing to do is to go to kieferprojects.com and to reach out to us and, you know, we'll set up a free consultation, come out and give you our thoughts. Um, but if you want to do some of the feasibility yourself without having to bring us out to every property you're looking at with a realtor, um, then you're going to want to look at setbacks, probably being, you know, the space. What what can you allow? What what does the, the yard allow for? You know, typical in Vancouver, you got like five foot setbacks on the side, 10 in the back, 20 in the front type of situation. Um, but everyone is different. So you definitely want to find out your setbacks. Um, you're going to want to find out your feasibility in terms of utilities, probably. I mean, that's one of the things that people underestimate yeah. the expenses on. Like the custom one that we're doing right now is going to be our model home. Um, we had to really get creative in terms of what we could use for gas and electric because it was in the downtown area and the transformer was only set up for 100 amps. Right. Mm -hmm. So we can't run a whole house and a whole guest house on an overloaded transformer. Yeah. Excuse me. So, um, so on that one specifically, we had to change some of the appliances to gas and we had to, you know, kind of cater to that. So utilities is a pretty big one that a lot of people kind of underestimate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I mean, meeting with us to consult, um, we can come out, give you everything you need to know about whether or not it's possible. And then we really um, either just take full charge of the permitting process um, within our system, or we allow the customer to save some money and do the permits themselves in which we'll give free guidance. So, you know, there's some flexibility on our end there too, but yeah, then you basically go through the engineering process, permitting. Once we're through all that, we get the thumbs up from um, the local jurisdiction, then we start breaking ground and doing things along those lines. Yeah. yeah. And then as far as somebody, if they want to uh, look at financing uh, the project, we uh, make the process almost exactly the same as doing a normal home loan. So the only added piece to that is is getting the contractor bids and we would work with, with Isaac directly to get those done and, and put some numbers in front of you. And then before anything uh, moves forward, you just get to see the numbers and decide if it's what you want. Yeah. So. I mean, that's really the nice part about the loan too, right? Is it gives us a little bit of time to put together uh, an idea of what this is gonna look like. And then it allows you guys to take that to underwriting and go through your process. And I mean, I could see it really working out for a lot of people, especially coming into next year as well. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of more financing options on that. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna be uh, launching some classes, some education classes uh, to go over the basics of the program, a little bit more detail of the process of the construction side too. So if you're a real estate agent out there here locally, um, look out for that. That's Those are classes I think you're going to want to get in on just to have that knowledge level, the base level knowledge to advise your client on these. But anything else you guys you guys got? It's well, exciting. Yeah. I'm excited to see that this has finally taken off. It's been something we've been talking about for at least five years in Clark County. And now we mm -hmm. are, it feels like we're actually at a point where we can start doing this. So. Absolutely. Yeah. It's good stuff. All right. Build some small homes, y'all. <laughs> Peace. Welcome to the KFA Podcast, where our mission is to keep faith alive by kicking ass.